You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is Fair Game number 301. Today's guest joins us from Pueblo, Colorado, where she oversees grounds, entertainment, and rentals at the Colorado State Fair. This is Devin Vaughn. Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you being generous with your time today and coming on the program. How did you come to be with the Colorado State Fair? So I have been at the Colorado State Fair for about three years now. Um, prior to that, I worked for the professional bull riders. Um, I was in marketing and promotions there. So I was traveling a lot. Um, their headquarters are here in Pueblo, Colorado, uh, where our state fair is. And so when I was looking for a change, it just uh, it happened to work out at the right time. So. And the uh, going from PBR to a fair, there are some similarities and some crossovers in the events that you guys are doing. Yep. Some similarities, some differences. Um, I, I love doing events. And like I said, I was, I was traveling a lot with PBR, promoting a lot of events all around the country. So um, I kind of said it was, you know, going from multiple events throughout the year to one big event. So yeah, same kind of concept, but a little different. So. One big event being just the fair then? Just if, I mean, we focus on the fair, but we do, um, obviously we have some other events throughout the year. And then um, now that we, at the time I didn't have rentals in my department. So now that we manage the year round facility rentals as well, there's events throughout the year. Yeah. Got it. Well, what can you tell us about the fair itself? When do you, when do you run? What's your attendance look like? We uh, start at the end of August. We always end on Labor Day Monday. So we go 11 days at the end of August, beginning of September. Uh, our average attendance is anywhere from 450 to 500,000. So we kind of float around there. That's a really big draw. I mean, being down in Albuquerque, I've made the drive back and forth um, to Denver several times. Pueblo is not that big a city. Where are you drawn from to get almost a half a million people? We, Pueblo is, is we're in kind of a weird spot. So we're about two hours south of Denver um, and about five hours from Albuquerque. Um, most of our draw is Southern Colorado. We get a few from like Colorado Springs and Denver, but mostly Southern Colorado and some of like Northern New Mexico as well. Um, so we, we, it's a wide variety, but that's kind of our main, uh, demographic and area. Interesting. So you get, you peel off the Northern New Mexico people and mm -hmm. you run concurrently with the New Mexico state fair, I think. We, uh, we end on we... Labor Day Monday. They start on what Thursday or Friday. So they're a couple the... days after us. So it's Got actually it. a really good route for a lot of people they okay, you know they come gonna, here and then they go right down to albuquerque i was gonna say it was it sounds like you know you're you're peeling people off but if that route works that way mm -hmm. then that's tremendous because you got people that can especially in the in-between areas and, and you know we're both in rural like i live in albuquerque it's in the major metro area here but all of northern new mexico just like almost all of southern colorado is all rural it's yep. all rural. So you have real similar uh, demographics that you're drawing. And you said it's yeah. about four, 450 to 500,000 that you, um, that you draw. Yep. Yep. That's a really good size fair. Um, it is, it's, it's good. And especially like I said, from, you know, being in Pueblo, we're not, we're not Denver. We're a completely different DMA. Um, you know, and then Denver obviously has the stock show, some other big events like that. So, you know, we do pretty well for not being in that major market in our state. Obviously, the last year has been a real challenge for all of us within the industry. You you guys were forced to cancel last year. Is that correct? We technically did not cancel. We reimagined our state fair. Um, we, were, we were set to <laughs> Tell basically cancel. Tell me the creative story then, behind this one. <laughs> <laughs> it, there is. 
So we were, this was like June of last year. We were kind of all set to cancel. We had been working on a few things that we could do, you know, digitally, virtually, things like that. And then um, kind of right before we were set to cancel, we kind of decided to pivot and reimagine to focus on what we could do at the fair instead of what we couldn't do. Um, so with that, we were able to, we definitely wanted to do our livestock, uh, like our auction, our sale, um, and our 4-H and FFA competitions, because that's at the end of the day, that's what the fair is all about. So we wanted to make sure we could do those in some way. Um, and then we did, did a few other ancillary events as well. So we did not completely cancel, but it definitely did not look the same as a normal fair. So not the same as a normal fair, Mm -hmm. no carnival, things like that. No carnival, no entertainment. Um, like I said, we did the livestock. We did a few horse shows. We did a, um, our livestock auction. And then we did a, did a drive-through fair food event as well, where we had um, five vendors and it was just a drive-through type thing. So we did that on the weekends of when our fair normally would be. So a few things, but um, um, we did the, we do the world slopper eating champ- championship. World World Slopper Eating Championship. Mm -hmm. So you're from New Mexico. You're from Albuquerque, you know, green chili sloppers. Okay. So the slopper is a Pueblo tradition. It is an open-faced hamburger. Um, You put green chili on top. Uh, Some people put fries or onions or cheese or other things on top, but ours is just basically open-faced cheeseburger, green chili on top, and we uh, bring in major league eating. So they do like the Nathan's hot dog contest. Um, It's the sanctioned, uh, organization for eating competitions and for the last two years we've brought them in and they have done the world slopper eating championship and you do that with new mexico green chili right absolutely not <laughs> no no <laughs> it's funny you get ugly. Yeah, i knew it was going to come fools. up on the show i knew it was coming up <laughs> yeah we did an april fool's post uh on our facebook page that said uh hatch chili was going to be the be our partner for the slopper eating contest and people here, uh, they, they either, they really liked it, but we had some very angry people calling our office that day and they were they not happy with us. They didn't want to upgrade their green chili. Um, if you want to say that, that's fine. That's, but, uh, no, not here, not, uh, not acceptable here in Pueblo. <laughs> and there's, it's, I mean, it's a green chili pepper. As long as you have the right climate and right soil conditions, it's the same damn pepper, whether it's in Hatch or Northern Mexico or Arizona or Colorado. We actually pepper. do have a specific, it's a Pueblo chili. I like, I'm not sure what the difference is, but um, like I said, people, people get very, uh, they're very passionate about their yes, chili here. We are. <laughs> we are. Even that, too, you know, yeah. we, we, you know, it's fun to razz back and forth with folks in Colorado at the end of the day. As long as there's green chili on something, I don't care where it comes from. If it's good, it's good. Yep. Yep. I'm kind of the same way. Well, next time you're in Colorado, you'll have to try a uh, slopper. That is our, our Pueblo specialty. So I will, you and I will go out, I'll buy, we'll go get a slopper. Let's Deal. Do that. Sounds great. That I will definitely, I'm down with the, anything with green chili on it. I put All green right. chili on my green chili. So let's be real about this. <laughs> just, just give me a bowl. Just give me a tub. You should have seen for our contest, we had like, the biggest pots you could possibly have of green chili. And it was just a massive right. amounts of green chili. I bet it smells amazing. It does. It's just, you know, if you, anybody listening, if you've never been in this, in the Southwest United States, you know, New Mexico, Southern Colorado, Arizona, um, you know, in September, August, when, when all the, uh, the tumblers are set up and they're, they're roasting it in, in grocery store parking lots. If you've never experienced that and the smell and it, you're just not going to get it. It it's is amazing. amazing. It yeah. is absolutely amazing. Well, listen, um, 
we'll just the the green chili battle will continue i guess it's not <laughs> solved today uh, no, one of it the, never will be i don't think it probably never will be no. one of the topics i really wanted to chat with you about on the show since you do handle grounds entertainment up there for the fair as we transition further into 2021 and states start reopening what are you seeing within the world of entertainment ha- has routing and availability for attractions changed um i that's kind of hard for me to answer i I went ahead and booked a lot of the stuff that we had booked for last year. Sure. Um, and I know that we, we did that with our national entertainment as well. So most of it was kind of a carryover from 2019 or 2020 actually. Right. So we didn't, we had a few new acts and things like that, but a lot of it, we just carried over. And some of those have worked out really well um, because some of our, our concerts that we would have had last year, and I know we're talking about attractions, but um, you know, they've had a year to build up more, um, more excitement and things like that. So some of them have actually worked out really well for us, but yeah, we, we carried over a lot of our stuff from 2020 that we were going to have. That's what we're finding. Um, a lot of, as an entertainer myself, almost everything, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just chatted with JR down at the New Mexico state fair and their intent is to roll me over for this year. Of course, that's if the governor and whatnot says your green light for the fair, would that still, um, you know, remains to be seen one of the things we're starting to see challenges with is a number of fairs have changed dates. Oh um, yeah. Like the Florida state fair is going on right now. They were supposed to be back in February. Miami has moved their fair to like late October, November. And so one of the things entertainers are starting to see is they were, they may have been booked for these fairs or, or similar fairs. And now that the dates have moved, they're on top of a date they were already committed to. And so this is kind of juggling act going on in the entertainment world right now of how we work it out and, um, you know, as long as fairs are opening, it'll work itself out. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. And like I said, we really, we, there's been no thought from us on a date change or anything like that. Um, so that really hasn't affected us, um, in any way. Sure. Well, I mean, with the labor day, you guys, I, who's your ride operator? Uh, Crabtree. No, so Crabtree's coming out. Yep. They're, you know, we're not moving Crabtree's Labor Day route. That's not how that's going right, to work. Right. <laughs> so you guys are pretty well set. And of course, you know, New Mexico's not moving. Right. You know, Ridehoffer's not going to make that jump from Tennessee all the way down to Albuquerque and then just be like, oh, well, we'll just move another week. That's right. Know. Exactly. Exactly. So many of those dates and, and contracts or whatnot are just are, are dictated by the carnival and, and what their availability is. Speaking of contracts, when you're looking at entertainment contracts, any new language that you're seeing, you know, clauses for run COVID or whatnot that were not in contracts previously? Um, not the, no, not really. Cause we've had force majeure in all of our contracts, um, for years. So that's been in there. Um, so no, not really. Um, as far as contracts go, um, and we, because we're a state agency, we don't really, we're not really able to issue like deposits for entertainers or things like that, where we would need, you know, a refund or, or something canceled like that. Um, so we're not really able to do any of that. So no, contractually, we haven't really, um, had any, any changes or things that we've had to adjust. Cool. Speaking of the state, what's the current response of the, uh, from COVID for Colorado right now? Are are you guys back in, you have kids back in school or you mask mandates where you guys stand right now? We are currently, we do have a mask mandate for indoor. Um, that actually expires May 2nd, I believe. And we haven't heard if that's going to be extended or not. Um, so we'll see. Um, kids are back in school. They have been since the beginning of the semester. Um, we really started coming back fall. Fall, we had a big spike. So we things were still a little um, shaky then. 
but like I said, since yeah, beginning of the year, kids have been back in school. Um, and then just recently our state turned over the COVID dial and restrictions back to the counties. So we're seeing okay. some changes with that. So like currently Pueblo County that we're in, we don't have any restrictions on outdoor events, which is nice as far as um, gathering limits, things like that. And then on indoor events, we're about 50% capacity. So we're, we're getting there. We're working our way back. Um, you know, we're, we're doing well on vaccinations. Uh, we actually have a FEMA vaccination site on our grounds currently. Um, so one of the, I think five in the state maybe, um, currently, so we're, we're trending well on vaccine vaccines. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, um, and then Colorado, uh, we've recently announced some big major events coming this summer. So we're, uh, the MLB all-star game. I'm sure you saw that got moved to Denver. Um, yep. so that's, that's so, one, oh, um, like our Renaissance festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's happening. Um, there's a soccer game happening at, uh, our, our NFL stadium. So we have some things scheduled and slated for the summer. So we're all, uh, we're all pretty hopeful at this point. Yeah. As soon as I saw that MLB was allowed to move the all-star game to Denver, that's when I was like, Hmm, I wonder what they're going to do about the Colorado state fair, because it's kind of, I mean, listen, I I don't know how your government, your governor is up there, but you never know with politicians. This is one of those things where I looked at, I went, how are they going to justify saying, yes, we can have the Major League Baseball All-Star game, but, you know, a state fair or a county fair can't happen. That's Yeah. Well, and like I said, for this whole time, even last summer, our governor and our, um, you know, we've been very focused on what we can do. Um, so that that was part of, you know, we reimagined last year and we were able to focus on still doing some things at the core of the fair. Um, right. So so the whole time he's been, you know, trying to be positive and do, doing what we can here. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he was down at our vaccination site and he did say, you know, we're all going to be back here in Pueblo in August for the state fair. Not totally sure what it's going to look like, but we're all going to be here. So he is definitely committed to, in some way, the state fair taking place again. If it has to look a little different, we'll figure it out. But he um, he's very, very supportive of the fair. So. so you guys have been supporting the community as as testing and with vaccinations on site? Yep. Yep. We were a testing site. Uh, we started... I don't even remember. It's been a long time. So yeah, we were doing testing for a while. We've been a vaccination site for about the past uh, month or so. Is that something that you would you would foresee that if you guys are opening, if the vaccinations continue, will that move to a smaller area on your grounds or would you foresee it being moved off the grounds in order to run the fair? I, it would have to be moved off grounds um, just because uh, like right now they're in our carnival lot. They're over there. Um, I think they're scheduled through about mid-June. So, I, I mean, I don't know. That could, of course, change. Um, but, yeah, it would probably be at the point where, you know, if we're able to have a fair, we'd probably be pretty done vaccinating at that point um, or on a smaller scale. So they would probably find find somewhere else to go. But, yeah, I think they're scheduled through mid-June over there. So. What What are the vaccination rates? Do you, are you, do you know off the top of your head what they're looking like in Colorado right now? I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't. It's- I, I get confused because I, I see different numbers. Like there was a number I saw come across um, Twitter or something the other day that said there's been uh, 200 million uh, Americans have been vaccinated. And but when you look at the total percentage of of the population, it was only like 27 percent. I'm like. 200 million <laughs> Those numbers is, don't really add up. <laughs> 200 million is almost two thirds of our population. And yet we should be you know, 55, 60, 65% at 
I don't know. I, I don't know how there, maybe that's 200 million of the first round and the, you know, in another month that that number will be second round shots. Yeah. That, that could I be know. too. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And I feel like I, I try to stay up to date, but then things change and I, and I get confused. <laughs> that's the, the only thing consistent about the last year is that there is nothing consistent. I, yes. That, that is the perfect way to put it. Absolutely. <laughs> So now you handle rentals also for the fairground for non non fair rentals. Yep. Yep. We do year round facility rentals here. Um, I kind of oversee the department. We do have a sales and rental coordinator um, and she's the one kind of managing day-to-day contracts, tours with renters, things like that. Um, But yes, those go through my department as well here. What, what are the non fair rentals looking like right now? Are you able to have, you know, boat shows, home shows, gun shows, that kind of thing on property? Yep. We, we just started a couple weeks ago. Um, we currently have our first horse show and our horse complex going on this weekend. Um, luckily they got pretty nice weather. We weren't sure how it was going to turn out. Um, so we have that, um, we've done a few more so like private parties at this point, like weddings, things like that. Um, we have a couple of our high schools are doing their proms this weekend. Um, so we have, have a couple of those going on and I think we have our first uh, gun show scheduled for like first weekend in June. So we're starting to get more, um, we're, we're starting to book more definitely and open up a little bit more. That seems like it's really important to the fair. Cause one it thing is. I learned on the podcast when I interviewed Marla Calico from IFE back in, um, in November early on was I always thought that the fairs, that the fair itself was the, you know, the lion's share of the revenue. And then they would sprinkle that with, with non-fair rental income. And what I found out was the majority of fairs non-fair rental is actually the lion's share of their income. And so yeah. it's one thing if you cancel the fair, but if you lose all, if you lose the non-fair, it really hurts. Where does that stack up with you guys um, as far as your percentage of revenue? Are you, are you more on the non-fair side or, or more on the fair side? We are more on the fair side right now, okay. but um, a, few, a few years ago, we went through an audit at the state level. And one of the things they found was that we could be doing better in our facility rentals and our, on our year round rentals. And that's part of the reason why I mentioned our sales and rental coordinator. We never had that before. Rentals was just kind of a thing that we, you know, we, we just kind of waited for the phone to ring for rentals. Basically, right. we never had somebody soliciting and marketing and things like that. So now we actually have that person in that um, position. So we are trying to increase our year round rentals. Uh, like I said, we, we started that. And then of course, all of this happened and it all went out <laughs> the window. But so long term, our goal is to definitely increase that and maybe balance it a little bit more with the fair. So it sounds like having this um, this person hired and that that is their dedicated job will be beneficial for the fairgrounds and the financial health of the fair in the long run. Yes, exactly. That's that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're trying to do is really focus on, you know, the targets that we want to come in for rentals and things like that um, and just make it more of a focus and increase the revenue there. So yes, we, we, are, we are trying. That's the goal there. Uh, well, I mean, it's if that's what the audit said, you know, it exactly. seems like that that's a wise investment of, of the money um, that you've got in order to make that position work. Um, now, are you guys strictly state funded or are you, how does that funding work? Cause I know down here in New Mexico, like New Mexico is what I refer to as like a quasi state agency. Mm-hmm. They are on paper, they're officially a state agency, but on budget, they have to supply their own. There's no money that comes from the state. As far as I understand. We we're a little bit of both. Um, we do get funding from the state. We are definitely a state agency. So like we were Department of Agriculture. So I mentioned the governor is ultimately our boss. So we are a state agency. So we do get some state money. Um, we call it, it's our general fund from the state. But then we also get money from Pueblo County. 
Um, and then we obviously get money from, you know, ticket sales and things like that. So we're, we're kind of a mix of, of both, um, Got it. Of, of different funding sources. So looking ahead into 2021, all of us obviously are hoping and praying that things start getting open and, and things yes. are going our way again. Florida seems to be open. I just came from down there from a couple of fairs down there that saw record attendance at both of them. Texas seems to be working its way open. Um, you know, the red states definitely seem to be getting a move on it. Um, but even California is finally starting to say, well, maybe we need to get going too. I mean, I was very pleased to see Disneyland scheduled to open April 30th, even at capacity restrictions. Cause yeah. you know, just like with major league baseball moving the all-star game to Denver, if Disneyland's going to open in California, it makes it really hard for the governor to say the fairs have to stay closed. Right. Exactly. So, it's, it's progress in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious though, every, every fair, whether you're a big state fair, like you guys or a small rural County fair, everybody's got a deadline for where they've got to make that decision, whether it's a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yep. Do you have an idea of what your hard date is for a decision for 21? I don't know the hard date, but I think we're working on a similar timeline to what we did last year, which was early June is when that decision was made um, because our, you know, we have our board of authority. So they're the ones who are ultimately going to, going to vote on what it's going to look like. But then of course we'll be getting input from the governor and the health department and things like that. So yeah, at this time we're looking at like early June to see what things are going to look like. And that would give you what about a 90 days lead? Yeah. Two months to, yeah. Yeah. About 90 days and somewhere in there. So it seems like you really enjoy what you do for the Colorado state fair. I do. I love it here. Um, it's, it's fun and it's, um, it's, it's always different. I never know what I'm going to be doing, uh, you know, on any given day. Um, but no, I, I love the fair. I'm from Pueblo. So I grew up coming to the fair for my entire life. Um, and now I get to work here and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a really great team too. Tell me about your team. Um, we have, so Scott's our general manager, you know, Scott, um, Scott's been around the fair industry for a long time and he's, he's great. He has, um, he always has some crazy ideas that we get to, you know, figure out if we can make them work or not. Um, but he also has like a wealth of knowledge in, in the fair industry. Um, so he, so he's great. Um, we have, we have some people that have been here for a long time, like 20 plus years at the fair. Um, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, they have seen some stuff. I'm sure they just, they have more stories than, um, I could have, I could imagine. Um, so, and then we have some, we've, Scott, has, we've kind of reorganized and realigned and we have some new positions now too. So we have a really good mix of like people that have been here a long time, seen a lot. Um, and then we have a mix of some new people and some new ideas and some fresh eyes, you know, so we have a really good mix. Um, and we're all great. We all help each other when we need it. Cause you know, during fair time, it's just crazy. And we're all running around, but we have a really good supportive team. Uh, and that's, that's part of the reason I, I really love it here. So. Sounds like having a strong team is really important to how everything works up there. It is, it has to be because I mean, there's, you know, there's so many moving parts and pieces to a fair and every year I'm just like, it, I don't know how it's all going to come together and everybody's running around like crazy. And then the fair starts and we're like, here it, it works and it just works and it all comes together. And that's just part of the, the coordination and the teamwork that we have. It's pretty wild how these fairs, as you're planning them, it just seems like you're bouncing off the walls with getting everything ready. And then mm -hmm. when the gates finally open, it's like, hold your breath and go and everything moves smoothly. Yes. Yes, it is. And that's like, in my first year, I was just in shock because I was like, there were so many pieces to this and then it all just came together and it all happened. And 
And of course there's some, there's some hiccups, you know, still, but uh, no, it all comes together and the gates open and it just, you just go. It's yeah. It's a lot of fun. At some point you have to turn the lights to the Ferris wheel on and go for it. Yeah, exactly. Fair is going to open on this day, whether or not you're ready. So you do, <laughs> you do your best to be as ready as you can. What is it about the fair that you're so passionate about? Cause you left, you were, how long did you say you were with, P, with the PBR? I was at PBR for seven years. So seven years, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good long time to be with them. And then you stepped away to come to the fair. So there has to be something about the fair that's really kind of drives your, your passion. What is that? I, I just love the entertainment aspect of the fair and the fact that there are so many different elements to it. Um, you know, you could go to the rodeo, you can see animals, you can go look at the fine arts exhibits, you can get, you know, the food that you're going to have once a year at the fair, you can shop and buy, you know, whatever you can possibly imagine. So I just love the variety of the fair. And it's just, it's such a fun event to me. It's something like I said, I, I came every year uh, growing up and always, especially in Pueblo, we always looked forward to the fair. It was just the, the biggest event in Pueblo. Um, so now to be able to do it is and plan it is a lot of fun. You came every year growing up. Oh, probably. I mean, yeah, I, as far as I can remember, there might've been a few here and there, you know, where we didn't, but yeah, it's, um, we, you know, you would come with, cause it was right around back to school time too. So you would come with your friends or you would come for a concert or yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was never in like the, uh, you know, I was never showing animals or I was never in 4-H or anything like that. So for me, I came for the entertainment side of it. And so now that's what I get to do at the fair. So it kind of, it worked out. It's just come full circle. So in that time, did you get to see a lot of concerts when you were first, you know, when you were growing up going to the fair? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite concert that you saw at the fair? Um, You know, one one of the things that's funny about Pueblo is, Everybody in Pueblo likes to talk about when Garth Brooks was at the fair. This was when he was first starting and he sold out the grandstand for like uh, a couple nights or something. And everybody talks about that. I was not there. I was not at that one. Um, so you <laughs> but I could just Garth tell Brooks people, I could just say I was, was because Brooks. nobody knows the difference because everybody will say that they were at that concert. So yeah, um, working on getting him to come back, but that hasn't happened yet. So Garth, we'll see. Garth Brooks is, has come up a number of times on the podcast with different people and they yeah. all talk about from that same period in time, like 90, 91, 92, yeah. where he was, he was, he wasn't quite Garth Brooks yet. Yeah. And it was right on that, that transition going from, he's a really good country singer to he is Garth Brooks. Um, so it's always cool to hear those, those kind of stories um, from the, from the fair industry, from, from different folks that have experienced things like that. Yep. Yep. So, um, I'm curious, speaking of entertainment, what kind of attractions do you find? You know, you spoke about the rodeo. We've talked about, you know, Garth Brooks and, and, and concerts and whatnot. You handle a lot of grounds attractions. What kind of attractions seem to be a good fit for your fair? Um, you know, I just like to have a good mix of stuff. Um, you know, we, we did a, a high dive show last year and people loved it because we put it right in the middle of the fairgrounds. And so people would kind of just stop and look at it. So that was cool. It was like the big spectacle, you know? Um, but we, so we just try to do a variety of things like this year, our theme is all roads lead to the fair. So we're doing a couple that are kind of focused on like roads. And so we're doing uh, motorcycles and things like that. So kind of focusing on that a little bit. 
um, which is something we haven't done in the past that I'm trying to do a little bit more of is focusing on that theme. Um, one thing that we used to do that people again here loved was the sand sculpture. We would do like a huge one um, and they would kind of, you know, work on it throughout the fair. Um, and we kind of stopped doing that a couple years ago. So fingers crossed, I'm trying to, uh, I want to do that next year because next year is actually our 150th anniversary. So um, we do have some fun things planned and we're trying to uh, play, plan some surprises and some bring some things back that maybe people, uh, <laughs> what are the surprises? Do tell. I can't tell you that. It wouldn't be a surprise. I'll eat Colorado green chili if you tell me what the surprise is. <laughs> We're working <laughs> on some things. Scott, I, I mentioned Scott's crazy ideas earlier. We uh we have we have a few things we're working on. So should be a fun year. Um, you know, this year we'll see. Hopefully, you know, we'll get back to normal. But for not having a fair for a year or two, things might be a little rocky. Um, but we'll like I said, we'll make it work. But then yeah, next year's our 150th anniversary. So should be cool. should be a fun one for sure. Yeah. That's cool. I think if we can, if our states can, you know, start letting us open and get back at it. Um, the CDC finally released a report the other day that said, oh, yeah, actually, we've known that outdoor events were safe and we've known that for a while. But I'm sitting here just going, you got to be kidding me. You know, we've, yeah, we, it, our industry has been the, the one industry that was probably most prepared to deal with something like this just because we've dealt with, we deal with livestock, we've dealt with, you know, E. coli and H1N1 and things like that. And, and yeah. we've managed that and all the fairs. I went to one fair in Abilene, Texas last fall. And then I just did two in Florida and it was wash stations, hand sanitizers everywhere and signage everywhere. Yep. Every, everybody was fine, you know? Yeah. So hopefully we'll all get open and we can have, you know, even if they look a little different for this year, I think, as far as uh, marketing goes, you know, we may have to, our fairs may have to message that to the crowd, the, their guests that say, and eh, this fair might look a little different than it did the last time you saw us, but we're going to, we're working our way back and we'd love to have you come join us. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's what we're shooting for too, is as normal as possible. You know, of course we know that things might look a little different. We might have to adjust some things, um, but we, we want to get to as normal as we can. Um, so Hopefully we can. We're, we're pretty confident about our, our outdoor events, um, you know, with without restrictions. A uh, little concerned about the indoor events and capacity sure. restrictions on those. So, um, but we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Well, and I, We're good point, enough that we still have a little bit of time. So we're still, you know, four months. So we still have time to adjust, um, but still planning as normal right now. So. Sure. And, and in that time, more and more people are getting vaccinated. And as that vaccination percentage goes up, things hopefully start to get back in our favor because God knows yeah. this industry-wide, we cannot afford to do what we did last year. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So listen, Devin, I'm really glad that I got to, uh, to have you on the show. It was really nice visiting with you. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. Oh, okay. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> right. So I'm going to ask you a handful of questions and you give me your best answer. Are you ready? Ready. Question number one. This is big time stuff. You ready? Here it is. What's your favorite fair food? Funnel cakes. Name a fair you haven't been to but would like to see. Minnesota. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Favorite movie? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Last Crusade's a good one. Thank mm -hmm. God you didn't stay in the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. That, no, we don't count that one. No, that one just... <laughs> that one they're the making throwaway. a new one. Did you see that? It's coming out I, next summer. I did. I did. I don't know how it. I feel about that. 
Indiana Jones in the Senior Citizens Center. I mean, yeah, yeah. God bless you, Harrison Ford. I love it, but I'm a little concerned. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's going to be some stunt doubles in that one. Um, Speaking of movies, a movie is made about your life. Which actress would you want to play you? I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought about that. We'll let you pick that one. We'll let you answer. I was trying to see how long this awkward silence. I don't know. (laughs) Hard. That's really hard. You think? Yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. There it is. We'll go for it. Great choice. Perfect. I love it. (laughs) Last question. You can go back and give 18-year-old Devin one bit of advice. What is it? I would tell my 18-year-old self to be more confident in herself and her That's abilities. A That's a good one. The two things I hear more most often when I ask that question are be more confident and be more patient. Yeah, yeah. It's a real recurring theme. Uh, Devin, listen, where can folks learn more about the Colorado State Fair? ColoradoStateFair.com or our Facebook page are probably the best uh, best ways to get in touch with us. Excellent. Or find out Re- information. Devin, I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thanks so much for being generous with your time. Thanks Thank you. I appreciate it. That was fun. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.